Hi folks, Gabriel here, Saving Bernice, Part 9. I need a plan first. I gave her a kiss and left her sitting on the couch with her bodyguard. Opened the garage, uh, the door to the garage, and then pushed the button on the wall to open the garage door and jumped into my car. Remember, I was hiding in the garage. My car was, nobody knew I was there. Hoping I could make a clean getaway. All the way home, I was contemplating, what have I gotten myself into? This is not what I signed up for. Stupid, stupid me for looking for love. It doesn't exist anymore for me. I just must help these people as they come along in my life. That's all. It can be for me now. From now on, I just... uh, So I got off my pity pot. And I started to think about important things. Okay. Counselor Horn. I must find him. I don't know where his number is. Maybe I'll just look in the phone book. I'm sure if he's still around, he's in there. I'll leave a message for him. Counselor Horn had been instrumental in getting me out of some things when I was younger. And he was good, and he was connected, most important. So he will be able to find the right woman lawyer that I'm looking for, Capiche. Okay, that's done, I thought. Next, Gabriel, I'm still thinking of myself. (laughs) Well, I'm in trouble. I have to help this woman. She's in trouble. Remember, Becky said she was a real estate agent. I thought, oh, boy. Do I really want to call her? I was thinking she was an old high school friend, and I met her a couple years back at a restaurant, and we made small talk. You know how it goes. What are you up to? What are you up to? You know, can I buy you a drink? Can I buy you a drink? She told me she was a realtor and gave me her card, and I just put it in my Rolodex. And didn't think of it again. But then I thought, do I really want to involve someone 
Who knows everyone I know? No, no, Gabriel, don't do it. I thought to myself, just go in the phone book. There's a million women that are realtors and get one around her school area. So maybe if we can find something, or if I can, we'll start there, or I'll start there. Let's go that way. She'll just come along for the ride. So get one in her town to start with, I'm thinking. Okay, plan A is all set up now. So far... She hasn't thrown anything else at me. You must call her to say goodnight, Gabriel. She's probably crying right now because we were going to do you know. Oh, my gosh. What am I, stupid or what I thought? Ah, I dialed her up on the phone anyways. As soon as she answered the phone, I said, Hi, lover. She said, Hi. I didn't know if you were going to call me. Well, I was thinking what we had to do. On the way home, I told her. I'm just about to the house now, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I've thought about so far. Does that mean you're coming back, she asked. I said, no, I have to keep thinking about this. Bernice, I'm going to be up all night just thinking and probably tossing and turning in the bed anyway. So can't you do that here, honey? Look, Bernice, I'm home. Please, honey, please. I just said what I was going to do. Okay, okay. Will I see you tomorrow? What? In the morning, I said. Your kids come back at five. We can meet halfway somewhere, she then asked. You know what? That's a good idea, I said. There's a little park on this one road in this one town, and I mentioned the name of the park. Do you know where it is? She said, sure do. And I mentioned the name of the park. Again, let's meet there at 12, I said. Maybe we can do lunch there or go to lunch or something. She asked, are you sure? Why not? Nothing too heavy. Let's get something like a hot dog or like that, you know, Italian beef, whatever we can find. And we'll eat it at the park. Okay, sweetheart, I'll pick it up, though, okay? On the way there. Okay, it'll be like our little picnic, I said. What do you think? She says, 
It's a date. Okay, baby. I just wanted to tell you that I was thinking about you and I wanted to say goodnight to you. I miss you bad, Gabriel. It's okay. Well, we have tomorrow, I said. You don't have to. You don't mind if I say I love you, do you? She asked. As much as you want, honey. I'm right behind you once we get this all straightened out. I said, and she said to me, you promise? I promise, I said. As soon as I got in the house, man, I took a shower again, threw my clothes in the washing machine in case there were any fleas or ticks because of her couch. And I looked into the fridge, found a snack to eat, and um, sat down, watched the little TV, and then it hit me. I was exhausted. I almost fell asleep while walking to the bed. That adrenaline just kicked right out of me. I hit that pillow, and I did not wake up until the next morning. Not even to, well, as you get older, men tend to get up once or twice. Whatever happened, I slept right through it. And to my surprise, everything was fine and perfect when I woke up. Had my coffee, did my morning thing. Toast, butter, and a little pinch of brown sugar sprinkled on top and spread out. Sat down, watched the weather. It hadn't changed. And then still, I'm in the habit, though. Took another shower, but before I did, I did my constitution Took a shower to get all the grime off and sleeping, the sleeping, uh, sleepies, you know, and exfoliate and, uh, get them out of my eyes, you know, those little things. And I washed my hair and, you know, got ready for the day. It was probably 8 in the morning when I was done with everything, including my constitution. I sat down at my desk and wrote on the legal pad. I always had that around for scratch paper. I pulled the page around the top and wrote down Bernice, and then I found a marker and wrote down Lawyer. And I looked underneath and to see if it bled through, and guess what? It did. There were spots under there. So I didn't care. I just tore out that page, lifted that page, the page that had lawyer on it, put it in back, you know, how you roll it over the top of the pad, and it was in back of the cardboard now. And the next I wrote, for a title, Realtor. And this was going to be the beginning of the end. 
I must get out of that house. I got to get her out. Once all this starts, he's going to want her out fast. I'm sure. The divorce proceedings, once they start, he's going to, I'm sure the lawyer is going to say, do this as fast as possible. Somebody's helping her, you know? I mean, because if she was going to do this, folks, it would have already been done. She'd been living there, what, six months, seven months he's been gone? So she was procrastinating. I didn't know until later how much of a procrastinator she really was. Try saying that three times fast. I called Bernice and said, good morning, sweetheart. She said, good morning. Did you sleep well? I asked her, and no, I didn't, she said. I was worried about, wait, just a minute, young lady. Isn't that what I was supposed to be doing, not you? I asked. I can't figure you out, she said, I reply, why do you have to? Can't you just enjoy my company and that I'm trying to help you? She said, I will, Gabriel. And I do love you, Gabriel. I said, listen, I need you to do me a favor, please, sweetheart. Okay, anything you want, it's yours. She said to me, well... I couldn't let that go, obviously. You know, I said, anything? She said, men do have a one-track mind, don't they, she asked. I said, yes, yes, they do. So I'm going to come out and ask you over the phone, and I don't care who's listening. Could you please bring your phone book from your house when you come? And she squealed with laughter. That's not what I meant. I said, what were you thinking of, young lady? She says, I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see you either, I said. And I think it's for different reasons, though, she replied to me. I miss your smile, I said, and I need to for you to hit me on the arm, she said. You know what? One of these days I'm going to wrap a magazine around my arm, and when you go to hit me, you're going to hurt yourself, young lady. You got to stop hitting me. You sure know how to ruin things, she said to me. I said, no, I would never hurt you. I'll let you beat me up anytime you want. Really, she said. Do you really want the phone book, though? I said, yes, ma'am. I really need it. I do. Seriously. Okay, Gabriel, I'll bring it. We're still meeting at 12, right? 
I said, yes, ma'am. And I'll see you in a couple hours, and you're still bringing the food, and you're surprising me, right? I said, I'm just working on a couple things here for you. Thank you, Gabriel, for helping me. I don't know what I would have done without you. No problem, sweetheart. I said, I'll see you then. Don't worry about a thing. We got this. You and I, we got this. I just wanted to call and hear your voice. All right? We'll see you then, honey. She said to me. The park was closer to her house than my house. I didn't live in a good neighborhood, whereas she did, obviously. And the park right next to her town was gorgeous. Well, it was beautiful. There was a pond that you could walk or run around in the morning, and all the rich people did that. It'd be nice for all those rich folks, you know. And it was gorgeous. Everything gorgeous. Everything was strategically placed like benches and trees just at the perfect height where it would be a little um, whiff of a shade as you ran. It was perfect. It was out of a magazine. And you could walk or run or say hi to someone passing by. And, of course, like I said, the uh, the path was asphalt. It was an asphalt sideway uh, sidewalk, and it had a yellow line down the middle of it all the way around. The trees were slow-growing maples. It was beautiful. A couple picnic tables by the parking lot, and there were no ruffians hanging out. It was a very nice park. I pulled into the parking lot, checked my breath, got out of the car, looked around, and there she was. I saw her sitting there on the bench with a couple of brown bags and two cups with straws. What a good girl, I thought. She must have gotten there early just to make sure everything was perfect. She was dressed to the nines. She had big sunglasses on and jet black hair with bangs and those big brown eyes, obviously. But you couldn't see them through the big sunglasses. And uh, it looked like she'd just come out of church out of one of those rich neighborhoods, you know. And, of course, I had my uniform on black t-shirt top, carpenter jeans so I could fit my cell phone in there, black socks, black pants, I'm sorry, black shoes, and, you know, the carpenter jeans were blue. 
I looked like I just came off of a roof. <laughs> but I was clean, and I had stink em up on, you know, cologne, for all those people that don't know what that means. I'd sat down next to her and said, Hi, I'm Gabriel. And I pointed to the sky, and I said, Like the angel. And she, I smiled at her, and she said, Hi, I'm Bernice, and I'm in love with you. We kissed ever so gently. I was just enjoying her lips, and then I backed away. How are you, my love? I asked. I'm good. Thank you very much. And I could see she had been sitting there a while. She had a little sweat, beads of sweat on her top lip, and it was starting to get warm. And she said in a very uh, soft tone, Would you like to eat or walk? I, I said, Let's just eat. And so we ate and just talked small talk for a while. And then I said, we th- I took everything and we still had like our Cokes left and threw it in the garbage can next to us. Each bench had a garbage can next to it. And I threw everything away but our Cokes. And I said, would you like to walk? She said, no, if it's okay, I need to discuss something else with you. I said, here and now? Okay, honey, what is it? And she handed me the phone book. Okay, and then I want to know if you could go with me Tuesday, she asked. We have to be there. Um... I don't know how to tell you this. Just rip off that Band-Aid, honey. Of course, I'll go with you wherever you need to go. Well, every two weeks, she put her head down. And I put and put her hands on her, in her lap. I could tell she was real nervous. Honey. Just say what you want to say. I already told you I'll go anywhere with you. Well, I don't want you to think bad of me. And before she could say another word, before I could say another word, I see a psychiatrist downtown every two weeks. Oh, my God, I thought to myself, Self, don't give yourself away. She's looking right at you to see if you're going to freak out, I said to myself. Okay, okay. (sighs) Whose idea was this? Well, it was my sister-in-law's. I've been going for like six months now. And my husband has been paying for it. So you're telling me, oh, wait, has it been helping? I don't know, she said, Gabriel. 
I just don't know. Man, they are really trying to stick it to you. Do you see this pattern? Does that psychiatrist write you any prescriptions? Yes, of course he does. And she named off two prescriptions. And then I said, I want to go. Where this is, downtown, I want to go. She said, it's right by the Trump Tower. So you're telling me that your husband is broke, but he has enough money for a downtown psychiatrist that pays a lot of rent right next to the Trump Tower? Oh, he must be very expensive. My husband made sure that I knew that. Okay, no problem. Tuesday it is, and we'll make a day of it. Then you can drop me off in the afternoon and pick up your children. Okay. Thank you so much, Gabriel. Then I just want to go with... I don't want... I just didn't want my sister-in-law to go anymore. She always goes in after and talks to the psychiatrist after I'm done with my appointment. And she comes out and has papers sometimes. Okay, look. You have something to do. You're going to call your sister-in-law and tell her that you're going by yourself, and I'll meet you. Um, How about this? You come by my house at 9 a.m. or 9.30 a.m., and we'll take it from there, and we'll go downtown on Tuesday. Okay, no problem, and then we started to walk. Hey, Ma, please be quiet. I'm trying to do a podcast down here.